Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for all of The Walking Dead. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we put the dicks in Daryl Dixon. Aaron, uh, we're here to talk about the season premiere, the series premiere, even of Daryl Dixon. Uh, well, I, I gotta know what you thought about this first episode. I feel like our intro is like uh, the, all the news that's fit the print. Mm-hmm. It's not all the it, it's it's not all the Walking Dead. It's just all the Walking Dead that's fit to fit that's uh, that's fit to cover. It, it, it's a promise to, to the the fans that we will eventually get around to all the Walking Dead. We're gonna we're gonna come back and cover it all, right? This writer's strike's yeah. gonna go on for a while. Fear the Walking Dead has like nineteen seasons we can cover. God, uh, <laughs> that, that we that's what's that Loki phrase that you are truly desperate if you're coming to Fear the Walking Dead season two to save you. Oh yeah. Um, I so like I went into this. You know, we we did the preview podcast, and you know they talked about hey, it's 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 good looking. Um, it's set in France. Um, uh, Clement Pousset, uh, Clement's Posey uh, is a pretty good actress. Across uh, 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 from Daryl, he's a star. Or uh, sorry, Norman Reedus. Um, but everybody's talking about the kid, the kid, the kid, the kid, the kid. It's so annoying. And I will say. That this kid is written to deliberately be annoying, like, and I, it's, I think it's, it's lamp. Sh- the, the script calls like Daryl's like, yeah, this, this is the type of kid get his ass kicked at my school. This kid mm-hmm. we bully. I like the kid. He is a know it all. He is a weirdo. Like he's like extreme homeschool kid energy because that's exactly what he is. So like, I found it pretty good. Like this is exactly how this kid would probably act and, and and like yeah he's a pain in the ass but there's some kind of charisma to him there's something likable and that mm-hmm. you know how desperate he is to be liked by by daryl um how relatively innocent he is with the, the upbringing so that was the the thing i was really worried about and i i actually like that really like the main villain uh or at least so far mm, um, yeah mad max i'm calling him all all of the face tattoos these guys wear are shitty. I don't I don't know what the hell the Walking Dead's face tattoo history is just really checkered, going all the way back to the Gatos. Vatos? Los Vatos. Okay. Um the flaming lips guy on his his dome. We got a uh an impressive just looks like a bird took a shit on your forehead, dude, on this one. But I, I liked it. I liked it. I found myself almost shocked at how much fun I had watching Daryl traipse around uh france southern france how about you yeah i I find it mostly enjoyable um i'm really looking forward to covering this show from the angle of a podcaster because 
it's going to be fun to rip into it because there's still a lot of really ridiculous shit. Uh, oh yes, it, it, and let's start with the French through language. And through. Uh, sure, yeah. There's the French language there, which I mean, we can talk about that if you'd like. I, I, you said the kid is good. Kid's not mm-hmm. bad. I like the kid. This is first acting credit that I can tell. I I'm it, they claim that this kid is French in his bio. I don't know if he's French by way of Australia. Is he French Canadian? There's something about his accent that did not strike me as French, but I I don't know, man. If he's French, he, then you know, uh, maybe enough. it's like a really Southern French accent. Um, but yeah, like he oh, speaks maybe. like he's got his mouth full of marbles and his lips are sewn shut. Yeah. Um, it was a treat to watch like what the subtitles were saying because they subtitled all of his French. Mm-hmm. And like I I posted it on Twitter, it's like. I don't think this guy said the first two words, two and a half words of the sentence, you know, when he was well, saying goodbye to Well, yeah, I mean, that's Darryl. French for you. Um, they leave a lot out. A lot is implied in their spellings and their use of language. Uh, you know, I was always taught in school that, like, before English became kind of lingua franca, um, that the fr- French... Um, was like the language of diplomacy. That's like, you know, that's everyone's common hmm. tongue that they spoke. Does that explain the blood-soaked uh, continent of Europe? That, like, no one just couldn't understand what the fuck each other was saying, so it's just, like, eventually just get to stick and start hitting each other? It's uh-huh. like, hey, uh, I want to trade some grapes with you. Oh, great, I, I want to trade some this with you. It's like, and then it's like, what did you say about my mother? And then it just went from there, because <laughs> I... It's be it's bewildering how they get to yeah. where they start from with the letters that they got, but... <laughs> I'm with you, and I, I don't know what this accent is either, but hey, uh, the kid can act, you know, for a first role, yeah. I've certainly seen worse. That's the thing. He stayed present with Norman Reedus. They had some good chemistry. Like, I actually thought the the scene where they're kind of like the kids copying him from across the courtyard, you know, trying to get his attention. Um, I, fairly difficult. Like, you know, what? how do you emote that you're sad that you're zombie padre got killed i don't know but i think this kid crushed it yeah like mm-hmm. we've in, in, in recent history we've seen some unpolished actors doing their first job and this kid is this like miles better than that i've seen so like i said he's deliberately sure. written to be an annoying character but i don't i grew up with kids like that hell i was that kid in like sixth seventh eighth grade thought i knew everything didn't mind everybody knowing that i kind of thought people would like me if they they thought i was smart um, and I got bullied a lot. Uh, surprise, surprise. And I, so this this feels like a really good portrayal of that. Sure. Uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how fast they teleport Daryl across France. I can imagine that journey is going to take a long time, but probably not the length of this show, right? I, I don't think this is going to be the story of Daryl getting to Paris. Oh, it's te- they're dead going to Paris. Oh, I know, but is that going to be oh, okay. the entire story? Is that going to be I noticed... 12 seasons of Daryl going to Paris with this kid? I don't think so, because <laughs> if you look at the map, and you look at where he's at and where he's mm-hmm. going, Paris is not smack in the middle, but it's right on the way. But it's like the two-thirds to four-fifths point of the journey. It's so a long it feels journey. Like, it feels like it's going to... You know, like that's going to be the season climax. Like, I don't know if he gets the yeah. kid on the boat by the, you know, or wherever he's going by the end of the season, but maybe he'll find a running Peugeot or something. Uh, he'll, he'll find some say, car. 
maybe every season he washes up on a different beach around the world because he's pissed <laughs> sure. off. You can only take Daryl Dixon for a couple weeks. You're on a steam uh-huh. tramp freighter, and he starts up with his, you know, uh, grilling entire ungutted fish routine and stinking up the ship. Like, just fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> get, this was in, this was in Norman's contract. He said, "Look, I'll do this show, but we're gonna go to a different coast, a different yep. country every single year, and gonna yeah. get me the best accommodations there, and I'll show up when you need me." So next year they're going to go to the coast of Spain, going to go off the coast of Italy. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I but yeah, I'm. I'm uh, looking forward to it. this. is a pretty strong start, but it's plenty of stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, uh, I'm looking forward this to is, this. This is the Walking Dead after all, <laughs> right? I like the survival aspect of it uh, up front. That's pretty cool. Maybe we should get into that. Let's talk about the recap here. Uh, do, you, do you want to talk about the title? Oh, yeah. Lame Purdue. Lame Purdue. Uh, I mean, I've been saying that ever since I was rooting for the Hoosiers back in the day. Uh, we, weird title. Weird title. Take a shot at a Midwestern university uh, in Walking <laughs> Dead. But uh, what are you going to do? You're not you guy, huh? All right. I was neither. It means lost soul. Apparently. That's Daryl. Yeah. I guess maybe it's the kid. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe it's Mad Max. He seems pretty lost. Maybe it's, maybe it's the Padre. Yeah, could be. So many souls could be lost. Per Jean. Yeah. Per Jean. Uh, all right, let's get into the recap, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. We're on easy street. You're listening to The Watching Dead. We'll be right back. Because the world is but a tree. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Our coverage of Hot D, Fire and Blood, and the 1980s Shogun miniseries continues. But then on Tuesday, for the first time in 35 years, we asked a question. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Hop aboard the train to Toontown as we revisit this incredible blending of live action and animation to see if it still holds up all this time later. Then on Wednesday, we get our first look at Blake Crouch's mind-bending sci-fi series, Dark Matter. First two episodes drop simultaneously on Apple TV Plus, and we'll have a pair of podcasts quantumly linked ready for you to observe. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pult or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Daryl Daryl's still kicking. Here's more of The Watching Dead. start off with daryl washing ashore in france and he starts scavenging he finds a boat with a recording indicating where he is he's in marseille and he listens to the recording through the night and i'm going to kind of stop there before he takes off 
a lot of stuff here at the beginning, which we were wondering about, you know, how, how are they going to do this? Are they just going to have Daryl <laughs> drift ashore? Are they going to have him doing a makeshift motorcycle paddle boat? Uh, seems like, yeah, he just, he just drifted ashore. Um, I, it's so funny. Cause like, I, 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 I guess, I guess, um, sci-fi moved on from Sharknado uh, something I think that came out in 2020 or 2021 um, is the same guy that's in that movie. I don't know if he's the same character. The guy from Melrose Place or 90210. Uh, the, 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 the thing that he's fighting in this movie, it's the title of the movie, is a zombie tsunami. And I couldn't, okay. I, I, I couldn't, and, and the idea of like there's all these dead zombies floating in the ocean for some reason, there's a tsunami of them, and it's going to, like, I don't know, we'll have to watch this movie one of these days. Um, I couldn't help but think that, like, when Norman Reedus is, like, washing up, or Daryl's washing up on the beach, it's like, it's a damn good thing that there weren't any hungry zombies. You know, you see him everywhere. Like, he's walking on his aqueduct in the middle of nowhere, and there's zombies walking on, like, a highway. This beach in this populated area um, of, of, of France, no zombies. Yeah. No zombies for him to be unconscious for, you know, a good good period of time to, to wash up. But that's that's nice. Yeah. Helpful. Uh, here's where the survival game starts he sees this bucket on the beach and i'm like okay it's gonna be daryl dixon starting with a bucket on a beach and ending up launching a rocket ship into space right that's how these (laughs) games go (laughs) it's like that what there's like 10 years ago on the internet some guy started with like i don't know uh a a pack of sweet tarts and he he, like within 30 trades got a house right Uh Uh i've seen this this with uh, video game collections too yeah Nice. Start with a bucket of salt water. That's brackish water at best, right? Would you ever dare to drink a just a random bucket of water on the beach? I mean, a, a, if it's I'm almost several certainly days out salt water, sea. right? Almost yeah. certainly salt water. Yeah, but I, man, I, I hear the thirst does crazy things to you. Like you come off three and a half days on a ro- upside down rowboat. Can we talk about that? Uh-huh. How in the fuck did he end up in this configuration on the boat? Because, like, that's an inherently unstable configuration. With waves and, yeah, I mean, this isn't Indiana Jones, right? Where, like, you can, (laughs) the the air is just going to stay trapped under there. It's worse than The Walking Dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's way worse. Uh, I I don't know, man. I don't don't know how this gets more than 10 feet from where he plopped in before this thing sinks. It looks like someone helpfully tied his waist to the boat, so maybe that's how we... uh, we, I assume that's him. He must have tied himself, right? But like, yeah, if you can like, yeah. How did the boat get in the water? How did it get flipped? Let, let's let's go from a, let's step back and from a meta conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be worth it in the end that they're keeping this all shit, this all stuff a mystery and they're telling it like backwards? I don't have a lot of faith in those final scenes. I, I think that looks like easily the silliest part of this show. Yeah. Yeah, the framing of it, like how he got like the. Well, I mean, just like the the seriousness, the tone of it, like they're they're going so mm. ultra serious on that side, and these people aren't going to live up to it, right? It's it's not going to be something like so threatening, and so, yeah, right. yeah, it comes off as ridiculous. So yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I'm worried about that part of it. Yeah. But it feels like that's going to be like the bookends. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, why would? What are you guys afraid? Of? Like, why are you? We we know the other thing is they're being cagey about why he's there because like, 
the last I heard from Daryl Dixon, he was going to go off to look for Rick again. Uh huh. Yeah. And now he's like crazy. The way he framed it is like I just got bored, you know. Like I just I just well, got me something out here, right? This is the thing that kills me about where they pick up with this series is the the end of The Walking Dead is him saying I'm going out to look for Rick. The beginning of this show, the next time we see him, he's already given up and now he's trying to get home. And I know they're going to fill in some blanks, but they can't go back and tell us that story, right? They can't right. give us the emotions of him trying desperately to find Rick and failing. Especially now it's all going to be in retrospect. It, they did it in a montage, like in season 10. Like, uh, sure. One's, yeah. what, was that one of those, was that the one of those micro episodes or whatever? Um, it's one with him you know, just out in the woods by himself, right? Or he's, yeah. And then he met the other girl who's squatting in the cabin. They're kind of like, uh-huh, flirting. Leah. Yeah, they kind of showed his the, the pretty. I think they told a pretty good story of him exhaustively searching. Like, and we joked about the hundred acre woods, but uh-huh. yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah. Why? I, I guess I expected to see him searching for Rick. Like he had come to France to search and for Rick for some reason, but no, he's given up. Yeah, yeah. Or he got on a boat to go investigate a lead, and then he got hijacked, and I like, but. But now he's all about getting home. He's like, I'm done with the Rick thing. Forget it. The other thing is, he seems like he's... Do you think he's surprised to find himself in France? Probably. Yeah. Because I... To me, I don't see how that's possible. Maybe he's like, okay, I'm either in Spain, Portugal, or France, and he wasn't sure. And, you know, but the way he looked at those, but they're also in the, I don't know. I, they're in the Mediterranean side. Um, I feel like that they, they had a destination. They were actually going to France and he was on the boat that was going to France. So like, yeah, seems like it, it just seems very silly that they're treating this whole thing as a mystery. And they're even filming Although they it were like, going you know, all the way around the coast. Maybe, maybe they were transporting something down here. Well, that's the boat that he found. I don't think that's the boat that the boat, the boat that he was on mm-hmm. was from this, um, I don't know, zombie research facility team. Yeah, but if you look at Army. it, it's up in La Havre, which is like north uh, western side of France. You're right. So why would the boat be this far? Why would they be you yeah. know, through the Straits of Gibraltar into the Mediterranean on the south side of France? I, I assume they were transporting something and Daryl just got kicked out at, at that point. But Do you think they were gathering like samples of... Uh, aberrant zombies because it seems like that's what Could their cargo the viable part of their cargo was like some kind of zombies to study um mm-hmm. and they had maybe this town <laughs> yeah. is famous for having their burners yeah yeah we'll talk about the 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 burners is that the what flamers. they are <laughs> the boilers the flamers I forget what, yeah the flaming flamers the flaming hot zombos <laughs> uh yeah i don't know man we'll we'll see i'm really worried about that part of the story because it looks cheesy as hell but we'll see uh you know what isn't cheesy mm. it's the idea of having a zombie story set in one of these medieval area cities uh medieval era cities because like there's something just inherently terrifying about encountering a zombie in the narrow streets of one of these towns um more terrifying than encountering them in atlanta or DC, or wherever, right? Like, everything's mm-hmm. just more cramped. Mm-hmm. There's more shit on top of each other. 
Yeah, no, I agree, and it just looks cool. Um, mm -hmm. The crumbling castle walls, the fact that they're using kind of like, you know, because they're 12 years in Apocalypse, they're using largely me me melee weapons. It gives it that kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it, it's it's not as easy as just emptying a clip into one, right? You got you to gotta get in the melee range. You got to take some risk. Yeah, you're dealing with boilers, whatever. That's a, that's a problem. <laughs> uh. So the next day, Daryl packs up his his boat gear, um, and he sets off for the opposite coast of France. Montage time. Uh, he's taking a lot of weird shit with him. He's taking a tape recorder, which has like a story of the guy whose boat this was, and it sounds like a pretty sad story. But Daryl's gonna be narrating his journey. Or is it just this scene? Or is it just for Dude, the convenience I... of who he is being conveyed to the nun? This tape player is ridiculous. Like, uh -huh. how is it still working? It, it, batteries, it's batteries expire, right? If it was a digital audio recorder and like I had lithium ion batteries and the guy got to port like six months ago, I could be like, okay, maybe it's got some juice rattling around. But a tape, a tape mini recorder? Those things ran know, off like AAAs or watch batteries or some shit. I don't. I don't, I don't, and they had moving mechanical pieces. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It seems, it seems like a, a crazy thing to have him do. But I mean, the apocalypse I, started before iPhones, certainly. Yeah. Maybe not iPods. I, I feel like yeah. you might have like a creative labs or something, right? I do wonder if there is a little bit of the the writers, like there's going to be significant time where Daryl's going to be essentially Tom Hanks in Castaway. He's going to be by himself and we can't have a whole episode of him just squatting and grunting. And so like they, they added that so he can, we can get a little bit of what's on his mind, but it's just not very Daryl. Like Daryl doesn't talk. Daryl doesn't leave his thoughts anywhere. Yeah. His thoughts yeah. stay in his own damn head unless yeah. you're Carol. I don't no, know. I agree. It, it seems super artificial to have him talking into this thing. I, I um the other thing is like him grilling a whole ungut gutted fish, like it's some kind of like video game. Like this is like Minecraft or like <laughs> it's Feral Daryl, man. I looked it up and uh -huh. like people say you can do it yeah, with certain species of fish, but oh my, you're cooking you're cooking in its own piss and shit, man. Are you gonna get rid of all that extra, all those extra nutrients, huh? I mean, yeah, you gotta <laughs> yeah, take the piss so. and shit That's with the, the extra nutrients, but it's like eating the potato skin. That's where all the vitamins are, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Up and up and up and up in the guts. Uh, yeah, that's pretty gross. Did you think? I I thought it's interesting that he takes his boat cloak. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why he swaps his his filthy rags for his boat cloak. But I noticed that it gives him a very priest frock look at the mm. end of the episode which also makes him look a lot like his boondock saints character which is kind of saying the same thing but okay is kind of it's it's kind of cool that they they did change his look up even though the angel mm -hmm. wings would have i wonder if the angel wings are going to come back out at the end like he's going to earn them oh yeah yeah when he has Being to a, <laughs> fly across the atlantic to get yeah. back <laughs> He had a back. I was the going to the backwoods guardian angel kind of guy, but ah, uh, okay, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, harpoon. Where does that rank on your hand-to-hand -hand weapon list? I barb is a problem. 
as it already did that's as soon as i'm like man that's gonna really get stuck in some uh problem zombie i didn't have to wait very long for that to be proven true no and again it's like daryl do you like do you not know uh you know what what uh what you're doing i i also like that um when he looked on the map to go home he just looks at the city that's like due east it's called uh br eats or something br eats and he doesn't know anything about it. It's just like literally due east from his position, and that's the closest he can get to Alexandria. And I think I do think <laughs> yeah. his plan was to walk right across France, get Jesus. to the ocean, and start swimming. Yeah. <laughs> what the? Maybe maybe get a boat if he can, but he'll swim. Yeah, I guess you're working to. your way up the coast, and then eventually you'll get to something. But it's just it's just no, really funny. It's just really funny. You know, yeah. no, we're not looking at roads or anything. It's just like it's a straight line. Yeah, let's go there. I I don't. <laughs> So why travel overland? He's already at a port, right? Why doesn't he take this guy's boat? Why? I mean, he had. If he wants to go home, he's got a boat. Yeah, in a port town. There's a. Does he? Yeah, and Carol was boating. Yeah, it makes it makes zero sense to go across France here to get closer to America when he's got Although, a boat. He can just. Sail. I do question how many boats would still be floating at these harbors like sure. you have to actively pump a boat's bilge like their boats are not 100 percent waterproof surprise surprise hmm. they leak and you have to have a pump going um you know uh there's like i've i've seen many many boats sunk to the bottom of a pier because their battery went dead their bilge pump started to work stopped working and nobody noticed until the boat was at the bottom of the the pier <laughs> Um, so like, I don't know. Uh, I, it, 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 it struck, it's like, maybe if you can find a sailboat somewhere that's in a dry dock or something, you can get that going, but I don't know if they're out of sail. Um, and it is a long walk. You got to walk through like fucking Spain. If you're going yeah. to like, that's a long walk or it's, it's a, it's a long, it's a long boat too, is what I'm saying. You like, Fran- you have oh, to go yeah, all yeah. around like two other countries to get back to, you know, to other, the, the right side of France, but I don't know. Sure, but he doesn't have to go back. All he has to do is get around uh, the the bottom of Spain, right? Like he he can get around the bottom and then just make a beeline for America. He doesn't have to go back up the coast to. That's true. Barrits or whatever. This is true. Um, hey, he just doesn't know how to boat. He's a walking. <laughs> he knows how to walk back That's country. Fair. Does not how to boat. Yeah. Uh, uh, this this montage, I hope, because uh-huh. everyone talks about how cinematic this thing was, and I thought this episode is very cinematic. Yes. I hope it's not confined to just first 10 minutes because right. the locations... Um, honestly, I didn't know that France had places like that. This looked a lot like... Um, like, like, like Southern Italy to me, which I guess mm. it's Mediterranean. That would make a lot of sense, right? Yeah, say Southern France is beautiful. I've never been there. Like this, some of these towns look a little bit more like a ruined version, like Corleone that you see in The Godfather. Um, sure, but they, yeah, I guess it's, it's, it makes sense. It's Mediterranean, but I love all the old aqueducts, um, the ruined castle parapets and stuff that he's walking over. It gave you mm-hmm. this like kind of like early Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings kind of epic feel. Yeah, I agree. You you get your sort of walking out of Atlanta shot except he's just on a train track I assume we're gonna get another one of those when he gets to Paris but we'll see I wonder I but that was definitely aping that shot right totally yeah I thought so too um and I think I'm just gonna have to make peace with the fact that 
I'm not going to understand any of the text they show me on the show. I looked up some of the graffiti said power of the living. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like up with living people, you know? Yeah. Power of the people. In this case, the living ones, not the undead. Yeah, not the dead people. Fuck the dead people. Yeah. Uh, And then Daryl can only walk for so long. He's human, so he stops for lunch. And he gets attacked by walkers with acid blood and fights them all off, of course. Acid blood? Aaron? This this is so stupid. This is so stupid. Yeah, of all the things a, a zombie could evolve... Acid blood seems like it's the hardest to explain. Like them being yeah. slightly smarter or more agile or retain more of their human memories. Sure, would Where, not eat away at their own flesh. I mean, look what I'm it does saying. To I'm saying, and people talk, be like, talk about leaky bilge boats. Their their skin should just be oozing with this stuff, and they should be in people, puddles. And I, I people before people fucking feedback, they'll be like, "Well, you know, Jim and Aaron, your stomach is full of hydrochloric acid, and your stomach doesn't. Our stomachs are coated in mucus. Is every mm-hmm. fucking blood vessel of the zombie evolved the mucus lining? Apparently, like because that's what you would. Yeah. Need. And and how does his touch burn? Like your hands is bleeding, or they just bleeding blood? I, I I thought this. I mean, it's. It's a video game concept. This is something you come yeah. up in the Walking Dead to video game because you gotta have you gotta you gotta have a flaming zombie, you gotta have an acid zombie, you gotta have a wa- va- zombie that sprays frost, you gotta have mm-hmm. electric zombies because they got killed by an electric plant. And I was looking. The thing is, is I was looking around on the sec- subsequent watches of this. And I'm like, okay, where are they at? Are they in some kind of chemical factory or like he's looking at all these beakers? I, I think they're in like a garden center. Like, yeah. They've been eating too much, what, nitrogen? Fertil- fertilizer? <laughs> their pH and... balance is way off. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's... fucking know. I, look, I think it's fine when zombies get smart. I think yes. there's, there's an inherent, like, humanity that that's presenting. Yes. And what I don't like is when they develop superpowers. And, yeah. Or, or xenomorph qualities. Like, I... This is shit reserved for species from different planets, not for former humans. Yeah, Sorry. no, I... I 100% agree with you on that. Here's what it is, though. What I really think it is, I think it's commentary on the French people. <laughs> They're just filled with acid. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, what abrasive. the Walking Dead thinks, apparently. Yeah. They're they're abrasive, yeah. I mean, look what happens when they try and raise the retirement age, right? Mm, Boom, acid yeah. everywhere. They start burning shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it might yeah, be the American, American zombies. Uh, American zombies aren't full of acid. Nope, nope, not a single one. Uh, and then we get the intro sequence, which I like that The Walking Dead has its own style, and it's it's very like focused here. You can see where it evolved from The Walking Dead stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a cool one, but does this feel like Daryl Dixon to you? The violins, the fine art, the very like Frenchness of it all. It doesn't. It does not feel like Daryl Dixon. To me, it was showing uh, like high culture and decay because all those like you'd see this portrait is mm-hmm. burnt. It's like you're know, being dissolved by acid. It's burning. Like also like yeah, it's like the you know, everything classy and worldly is being burnt away by the world and the Daryl Dixons, the shoe foot, the the barefoot Hicks are ta- are, are inheriting the earth. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. 
Which I, I think that's a miss. Maybe I, I always thought it was translated the meek inherited, but apparently no. Mm-hmm. It's the it was is a mistranslation. Yeah, I liked it. I like it because like, I I did like the rivers of blood. I thought that was cool. I really like the the catacombs tease. Like I was super excited mm, about. Yeah, oh yeah. my god! Can you imagine a zombie zombie shit going down in the catacombs? It's all it's a mm-hmm. in the real world. With no monsters and zombies and ghosts, the catacombs and appropriate lighting uh, are probably terrifying. But like full of zombies, yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, hopefully it's, it's better simple. than the the subway tunnel. I was gonna <laughs> say it probably means if I if I'm looking forward to it, it probably means it's gonna suck though. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Daryl stops to nurse his acid wound and spots someone watching him. Uh, they're posting flyers that say "God loves you" on them. I like him, Scott. He like he takes up to read it, and then he finds out he's like, "God loves you." Um, I guess this uh, dictionary is something he grabbed on the boat. I saw him stuff yeah. a book in there, but must be wasn't sure. It changed his hands quite a bit this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like the zombie at first, and also it looked like the zombie burns were weakening him. Like he's noticeably kind of like sick, sweaty, uh, worn out. Can you become and a walker I, from getting a zombie? I, it, I think so. That's what they're telling, which surprises me that the mm-hmm. zombie virus can survive in pure acid. <laughs> I guess, man. It seems like it's bad enough that you can just touch you and fucking melt your shit. Like the mm-hmm. fact that you become a zombie if they just touch you. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a, these, these zombies are all one, one first strike death touches. And uh, yeah. if you're a Magic Gathering character, those are problematic. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the the Mentalics zombies where they can just look mm. at you and kill you, turn you into a zombie, psychic zombie. Yeah, because why not? I mean, we're already halfway there. Yeah, we're on Easy Street and it feels so sweet. We'll be right back. Here are the weekly highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Apple TV is releasing a new series based on Blake Crouch's novel, Dark Matter. Aaron and I are big fans of his work, so we're picking up the new show on day one. Join us this Wednesday for the preview podcast. The Shogun Limited series might be over, but that doesn't mean our Shogun coverage has to end. We've got the wrap-up podcast releasing this Tuesday, where we'll consider all your feedback and final thoughts on the series. And because we like the show so much, we decided to go all the way back to 1980 to cover the first TV adaptation of the novel. Do what you can to find the copy and join us this Thursday for the first of our four-part podcast on the 1980s Shogun miniseries. And finally, the latest first-run movie, The Fall Guy, features Emily Blunt and Ryan Gosling. He's a stuntman tasked with finding the star of his ex-girlfriend's movie when he suddenly goes missing. Is it a rom-com? Yes. Does that mean I'll automatically hate it? Not if the trailer lives up to its promise. Join us for the podcast on Bald Move Pulp this Thursday night. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. 
Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Acid blood coursing through my veins. Welcome back to The Watching Dead. Uh, Daryl spots a couple of people and they Maribel and Guillaume, a girl and her blind grandfather. They trade Daryl food for medicine. Yeah, Guillaume's trying to be friendly. Daryl's not interested. And then a couple of assholes pull up with guns, try to abduct Maribel. But Daryl and her overpower them. And then Maribel and Guillaume knock Daryl out and steal his supplies. And somebody else approaches and scares them off, and Daryl passes out. I like how feral Daryl got as soon as they talk about food, you know? Like, oh, yeah. The way he was, like, just grabbing fistfuls of apples like this little orchard goblin. Oh, you know, just, 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 man. T- just tucking them away, tucking them away, tucking them away. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew from the I, moment I saw him this old man was not blind. No, oh, Not a yeah. chance in hell this guy's blind. And in fact, I that's one of the things that bugged me. Like, I thought Daryl's pretty nonchalant about being followed by a lone solitary figure, like, is scoping him out. And he just kind of looks at him like, eh, whatever. It's like, what if that person's got a gun? Or mm-hmm. this person is, like, part of a larger group, and they're going to tell, like, he showed no concern at all. And then um, the way they just kind of approach, like, I, I thought it was interesting, like, what something like this would go down in a zombie apocalypse, you know? Like, you are meeting a group, you don't know how big they are, you know, how capable they are as a person blind or pretending to be blind. And I I was, like, excited, legit excited. Like, I, and Daryl seemed like he's a gun. I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to observe them for a little bit to see if they're, you know, just to see if they're, like, good people or they're, like, maniacs or something. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, he trips over the thing, but, like, I thought that they, like, got down to trusting each other and doing business a little too quick for my taste. But then... Did would they betray Daryl inevitably, or did they the old man see an opportunity when Daryl was weakened and took it took a chance to get a free med kit essentially? I assume the former. I think That's, they were gonna knock him oh, out really? and take what he had. Yeah. Made did they see that he had an acid burn and they're just like, 
I wonder if they he's they dead anyway. He, and they're like, yeah, if we just wait, he's going to get weak and die, and then we can take all of his shit anyway. Yeah, could be. Because I don't know these people are evil. They were just opportunistic. So, mm-hmm. so where does that leave me? Is this a really good depiction of how a first meet would go in a zombie apocalypse? Because the more I think about it, it's like, okay, from Daryl's perspective, maybe he made some mistakes, but. But it's a, a bad spot. young girl or old blind man, and like he's he's Daryl fucking Dixon, right? Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. he can handle even if himself. He's, even if he's running a bit of a fever and lost a step, he can he can. He and can he's starving. Him. He needs his food. It's like a this good opportunity true. to to refuel here. Yeah. There's only so much fish shit you can eat before you get sick. Yeah, but uh, I also like Daryl. Does not like he's this guy is like trying to schmooze up to him and talk about oh you know we used to be allies in World War Two and. He's like, uh, then Daryl doesn't respond. He's like, you're no friend. And he's like, yeah, we're, there's no countries either. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what does it even mean? It's all gone. Uh, Daryl has some nightmares about uh, promises he made to Judith and Carol. I'm calling them nightmares because he's not going to be able to fulfill those. Uh, he, <laughs> By the time he does, Judith's going to be 45. Uh, he wakes up in a church with two nuns jabbing him with hot pokers passes out again and then he wakes up later to a nun named Isabel tending to him and asking questions about himself that was objectively hilarious like Daryl just fading in and out of consciousness and all he sees is nuns holding him down burning the shit out of him and then uh-huh. the, and then uh, Fleur Delacour is coming up to him and she's saying something in French probably like okay steady yourself it's coming one two three here it goes but it, it just seems like they're torturing him uh huh Daryl's yeah, like screaming, then he passes out. <laughs> Screamings, passes out. It's yeah, literally waking up in hell. And mm-hmm. the the nuns trying to sing over him screaming. I thought that was pretty funny too. <laughs> Rit, do you think they're written to be funny, or that I'm just not taking the show in? The oh, it's want to be. Taken, they're written though. to be deadly serious. I mean, everything on this show is deadly serious, right? That makes it funnier though, which makes me think. I know. I agree. Uh, they took Daryl's clothes. Is this the first time he's changed clothes in the entire series? It's not. I know, but like I'm thinking like there's big milestones in his character development. Mm -hmm. There is the time he got the vest with the wings. There is the time he got the poncho. And that's it. That's it. I think Mm -hmm. those are, and those aren't even costume changes. Those are just variants. Like he adds the vest on top of his filthy rags. He throws the poncho on top. Um, so yeah, this might be his first like soup nuts redesign of his character. Is this long underwear something that he always wears underneath his clothes or did they give it to him? I kind of want to say always wears because I know that Fuck, about Daryl. How could you wear like, long underwear in Georgia? Dude, I Daryl, no matter what the apparent temperature is, always wears like the same thing. Yeah. You know, brutal. It is. Uh, they're, they're talking about, you know, the burners and uh, lay a farm. I don't know how you say this. Uh, it's what they call the undead, the hungry ones. The hungry ones. Which I like that. That actually is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it feels better than walkers to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walkers doesn't got- really describe what they do. I'm a walker. Right. I guess I'm also a hungry one occasionally. <laughs> so what am I right. talking about? <laughs> Uh, but that's like the essential thing. Like, yeah, they're walking, but they're walking to eat. You know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
Daryl takes a bath and he looks at some various religious imagery then either remembers or dreams being underwater I can't tell but he wakes up violently in the tub and Isabel tends more to his wounds as she explains their faith at the church and they discuss their various scars Funny, he says that uh, when he sees his back, he and she asks her explanation. He's like, "His daddy was a smoker, like of crack, meth. Like, how does that explain the scars on like your cigarette? back, dude? I know, I know, he has like big, long whip scars oh. and shit. But does he also have cigarette okay. burns? No, yeah, he absolutely does. They, they've, I think they've talked. They, uh, they talked about that with the the June bug, the doodle bug episode. I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, did they? It's about been a while. his dad putting that cigarettes on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes that makes more sense. Uh, but they're not the obvious ones at this point, right? Like the whip, no. the lash marks are the obvious yeah. Ones. I, 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 tell me about Easy Street. You don't have to go all the way back <laughs> right. to your kindergarten years, your formative years. You've had some some. You've gone mm-hmm. through some shit, man. Apparently, so has she. Uh, she's got the scar, the telltale scars of a suicide attempt. Um, she's talking about her church here being the union of hope which is like an open message to all faiths yeah they they think that this this is a test and they'll it'll end soon as all religions do right yeah i thought that um i i think we're going to see more of her sister too because uh, when sh- they talk about having a family, she says she has a sister, and just the way the camera zooms in her face and kind of like watches her perform for three or four seconds, I think we're going to find out more about that and her own scars. And I-, I like that phrase where she said that that's one of the things that Pre says the scars show where we've suffered, but also that we've healed from that suffering. It's a pretty mm-hmm. good way to look at things. I like that. Sure. Uh, then. Daryl's taken on a tour of the Abbey, uh, including the Armory, and he spots a radio in Perjean's office. Perjean will be important later. Uh, he's promised he can use it when he gets better. Daryl spots a kid named Laurent mimicking him uh, in the courtyard while he's eating. You know, I've always wanted to know why our... Yeah, I've always idly wondered why in Star Trek there is this faction called the Maquis. Mm. It's kind of like this resistance mm-hmm. fighters of the Feder of the the, the fighting Federation hegemony and to self fighting for self determination and whatnot. And when they mentioned that, uh, she says, you know, they've got these medieval weapons, you know, from the early days, but then they also have like M1 Garands and Thompson submachine guns and like World War II era. And she says that the priest fa- grandfather was in the Maquis. And I looked it up. Maquis was the, I guess, rural branch of the French resistance fighting, where they were like, you know, you had the Parisians and then you had the, the rural types that were living out in the hills and mountains, you know, fighting um, war, uh, you know, like uh, essentially terror campaigns and interdicting supplies and whatnot. They called the Maquis. I'm like, okay, well, what the fuck does the Maquis mean? The Maquis literally means just like scrub, brush. Like the they're hmm. they're named after like let's like uh, the, the the if if that was an English word it'd be called the Scrublanders. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool and ties back into you know Star Trek. They're out at the frontiers and the hinterlands of the Federation fighting. Um, something I've warned about for like thirty five years, and I got the answer. <laughs> Finally looked it up on the Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. 
Is is there an AMC show with killer nuns already? Is there a go to thing? Was that in the preacher? That seems like something to be in. I want to say it had to be in preacher, but maybe not. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool idea though. Killer nuns, like that's that's a solid solid B movie plot. Yeah, I like it in this setting. I I have some complaints about how it's portrayed later, but uh, Mm. (laughs) we'll get there. But it's a cool idea. Um, why do you think this kid is copying him? Is he just intensely interested on oh, American over here? I think I've he's never seen interested in, in a man. Yeah, yeah. Trying, he's having that father figure that she talks about. Yeah, like um, he it might be the first time he's seen a grown man. Does the kid want to know how a man eats an apple? How, how does a man eat an apple? Like, watch Daryl; he'll teach you. <laughs> Big bites. Big confident bites. He's one of those dudes eats the core. Oh yeah, yeah. Does he spit the seeds or does he just eat them? It's a waste of good apple. Nah, he's he knows that they have a microdose (laughs) of toxin and he eats them to to make himself that much tougher. Yeah, a man who eats fish shit for fun definitely eats apple seeds, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. He's drinking beach buckets, eating ungutted fish, (laughs) and swallowing apple seeds like they're saving his life. Yeah. Mm If anybody's going to have acid blood by the end of this, it's Daryl. <laughs> it's got to fight fire and fire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think you're right, though. It's the father figure thing, and we'll kind of get to some of that here in a bit. Uh, he, he comes up to Daryl, and he shows off his big brain. Daryl's unimpressed. And he, he he does seem to be impressed by his uh, empathy here. He I don't know what it is. He tells Daryl that he deserves a happy ending. Where the, uh, I, <laughs> why, the, okay, are they going to make him like a Beta Zedian empath, or mm-hmm. is he just like an empath like they talk about on Instagram? Because, <laughs> oh man, I don't know if I can take a science fiction empath. Dude, it's boiling zombie blood and and psychic children. This. I don't know what show I'm watching. This yeah, feels so, like an entirely different show. That was the other thing when I was reading some of these reviews and they're like, they have some like these, in, you know, some people are put off by like the religious angle. And I'm like, well, I can see it, but I'm not the type of atheist that's really put off by religious stuff. Like I actually think, you know, I think Gabriel's stuff was mostly really good in The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's cool. And I'd say that's my background so I can relate to it and I can kind of like, you know, um, close my eyes and pretend like you do in fiction. But, uh, I didn't, and I thought it'd be like wrestling with like faith and uh, trying to find meaning. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were actually like, oh no, actually a Buddhist uh, uh, monk came and said this boy is going to fulfill a prophecy and he's going to be a reborn Krishna or some shit, and he's literally the Messiah of the world. Like, and and that there's like like that it's like not a bunch of deluded nunnery bullshit. Like that he might actually be an empath. I yeah, right. It is. It is definitely taking a big step towards science fiction on both of these fronts. For sure. And and I I don't know. I thought I was getting into a zombie series, not a Jesus Christ savior series, but Yeah. I don't know, man. But this guy, he is he's rage bait because first of all, one thing you never want to say to people is that you know everything. 
Sure. This kid comes out and literally says, I, I've been taught everything. I know everything. He, he exhaustively lists it off. And I'm like, God, this kid knows everything. And then as soon as I was thinking it, he says, I know everything. Uh, my, my, my padre taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as soon as he says that, he then pronounces speculate as speculate. And the <laughs> contrast between a guy sitting there that says, I know everything, and then hitting them with speculate. <laughs> How can you not love this kid? How can you not love this kid? I don't know, The confidence. Uh, I will say his Rubik's Cube time is pretty fucking slow. Pretty fucking slow, kid. As a teen, I I was able to do it faster. I was going to say, if I recall, you and your brother got around a minute, sub-minute? Sub-30 seconds. Oh, shit. You guys really got serious about this stuff. Now, uh, he doesn't have the benefit of the internet and, like, strategy guides. So, like, if he intuited a three-minute solution... At sure. like 13, oh, absolutely. 14, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty fucking, that's pretty, that's pretty legit. But I'll say he, again, he doesn't know everything. He doesn't know the right patterns. <laughs> Wait till this guy gets some graphite and he can right? like, he really learns how to speed cube, man. Here's the other thing. I learned from a fucking book. I didn't learn from the internet. I learned from a book. You don't need the it's internet, true. kid. Go out there, find a Rubik's Cube book. It'll Where did you get good. that book? Uh, I actually don't remember. Did you find maybe, on the side of the road a, like that's been lying there for five or six years? Because that's the I library. The that's woods. the little free library that kid's got, you know. Says, uh-huh. Oh, shit, there's some book buried in a mud puddle for five years. Mm-hmm. And his mom's <laughs> flyers or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everyone just oh, says something about God. That's gonna be, do you think that's going to be... Is this her sister's kid? Maybe. I don't, I don't know who this is. said that kid. as a joke, but I'm like, that... Mm-hmm. They are being cagey about this kid's past too, and she seems way like the way she called him the uh, you know my little sweetheart. I forget Mon Mon Chao Mon Shu Mon Chao. At the end, mm-hmm. it's like I felt like she had a little bit more of a connection with this kid than any of the other nuns. I wonder if that's the deal. Because um, I also thought it was interesting. We didn't talk about it, but they set up this dichotomy that like, how did you get here? And Daryl talks about like I just a series of bad decisions, and he kind of lays them out later. And then around around here, he asks her how she got here, and she goes, "This is a series of good decisions." So she talked about her her parents were like they're opposite. Like Daryl's dad was an abusive asshole. Her parents were in Doctors Without Borders. Mm-hmm. Like they're at completely in ends of like cultural, economic. Uh, She's world highly travel. educated. Yeah. Yes, he knows how to gut a squirrel. But not a fish. Like yeah, there's, doesn't there's, care there's, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, uh, oh God, eating an ungutted squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> a roast ungutted squirrel. Jesus, I, I don't even know if he skins it. He might the only just bite worse, into it like an apple. The only thing worse would be like eating an obligate carnivore ungutted because <laughs> at least a. At least, at least, like squirrels vegetarian. You would eat like a fucking mm-hmm. ungutted dog, or a cat, or something. Oh, oh. god! Oh, what? Oh, oh, it's in my. Th- it's. In, I can taste it's in the back of my throat. I'm gonna ah. say this kid. What are the odds you'll give me on immaculate conception with this kid? A hundred percent to zero. Like, there's no chance oh. it's not that, right? Wow. Because I I keep on thinking like okay because to me that's another notch towards uh, flim flam nonsense absolutely know? like you you might sure. were like you might as well have force fields you mm-hmm. know if you're gonna go yeah and you might uh, as well have magic wands and shit sure but yeah I guess like the thing is like it serves out of its uh, her sister 
Um, I can always call bullshit. Well, first of all, I think they referred to yeah. him as having parents. But oh, did they? Okay. Maybe that's just a story they told the soldiers. Um, but if it turns out it's, it's their sister's kid, I'm going to, my head can and it is a virgin birth. It's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> She's lying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't super... want you to know who the father is. Yeah. 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 It's a, what, what do we do with the girl like Maria kind of problem? You know? Uh, what? yeah. I, I, I don't know that reference. Have you never seen the sound of music? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's why I don't get it. Yeah. Um, that's just a quote. It's just a quote. Because like you have a Julie, uh, it was a Julie Andrews. She's a nun, but she likes to spend all of her time singing on the mountainsides. And the nuns are like, well, there's actually real nun work that needs to be done. What do we do about this flippity gibbet girl that we've inherited? And like, <laughs> ah, there's a divorced dad living in the, you know, ni- <laughs> 1930 yikes. Germany needs a needs a mom for his kids. Let's ship her off there. Yeah. Whoa. All right. Seems fucked How have up. you never seen the sound? We, we're going to have to watch The Sound of Music one of these days. It's a good Christmas. I feel it's a good Christmas movie to watch. Really? It's a Christmas movie? Yeah. I mean, hmm. it's got the the, the silver, white, silver white winters melting in springs and brown paper packages tied up in string, which... All I know of it is the, the field scene, right? There's, yeah, there's that's, that's literally the, the, the opening. It is that's the dances. opening scene. That's that's how can the, that be that's a Christmas the Tant movie? Tanta five running, uh, Tanta four running from the Star Destroyer. Wow, really? Oh, there's seasons. I would have thought seasons. that was the climax. That's crazy. All right. Yeah, Nazis get involved. It's crazy. Uh, there. Speaking of quotes, there is a quote here from the kid who's he's talking about his abilities, and he says, "I just feel things in my stomach." Mm. Daryl says, "So do I, but mostly that's salt water I drank on the beach and those <laughs> and the fish guts. fish, and- yeah." <laughs> Right, weird reaction from the acid and the burning. apple seeds <laughs> the and the acid seeds. blood. Yeah, and, you can't and the forget about all to that. the face. I mean, yeah, in the span yeah. of like ten minutes here, Daryl has been burned by acid zombies and shot in the face. Stepped on a rusty nail. Got got a touch of tendonitis. <laughs> it's not a very good. I got to work on my Daryl. Tendonitis, tinnitus, and tetanus. What cracks me up about Norman Reedus is he does all the intense Daryl Dixon things no matter what tone of voice he's speaking in. Mm -hmm. Like when he's like whispering about, you know, like it's a tender moment Isabel's like then it put me on a boat and I woke up here on this coast and like, but he's like in a whisper and I can't I I was trying, like I was like back and I'm like I'm trying to get this Daryl down and I couldn't do it. I can't bring the intensity with the inflection and the whisper and the husk and he's There's some That's disparity why. between volume and intensity that he nails, and I, I don't know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a tough one. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. It's true to ruin his vocal cords. Uh, <laughs> Maribel and Guillaume are walking down a road when some Mad Max guys pull up and ask where a couple of their guys went. And they get lies, so they kill Guillaume and they drive off with Maribel. I've. I've never been to France. I want to preface these comments with, I've never been to France, but do the French people cry out of their nose? Because (laughs) if you watch this scene, there is a moment where Maribel is supposed to be crying, but the only thing oozing is just a string, like a long string of snot just dripping out of her nose. It's all connected, you know. You start the, your your tear ducts, don't they? They drain into your sinuses. 
not directly, right? I, mean, I think so. Yeah, you've got you get there's like a hole in the usually corner of your it comes eyes. Out the eyes too. Yeah, it does. But, it does. But if like if she's like not sobbing and losing her shit, but she's like got you know like uh, tears just like kind of floating in her eyes. I don't know. I but if I did, I'm a director, I, I yell exactly cut. There's a huge string of snot just blowing yeah. in the wind here. Can, it's, can you make what's <laughs> happening down here happen up here in your eyeballs? Because, yeah. I don't know if maybe she couldn't cry in the moment because there was nothing emotional about this scene or if, like, and they just, like, I, the, the the fake tears had thickened. Like, maybe maybe mm. the, the heat or the cold or whatever they were dealing with had thickened the fake tears, and so they ran down her face in strings, but, like... The nasally French pronunciation just blows their sinuses out, and it just, just, just eventually, it just, uh, it's just, uh, that makes sense. It's an irrigation yeah. trench in her face, yeah. So it is the French people, yeah. Like I said, never been to France. Maybe that's how they do it over there. But. Yeah, just they cry through their noses, man. Nose criers. <laughs> right. Anyway, what do you think of Mad Max here? I like this guy. I don't like his shitty facial tattoo because it's like they wanted him to have a tribal tattoo, like tribal face tattoo. And they're like, ah, yeah. there's probably multiple people that would get pissed off at us. So it's like we want and it. I guess you could say the same thing about the Belters and the Expanse because they're all tatted up crazy, too. But like mm-hmm. that felt like it was something. I didn't know what it was because it was all angular, geometric and shapes and patterns and stuff. But like you, it looked like a tattoo designer designed it. This shit looks like, like, how hard is it to go into a tattoo store and, like, look at some flash and be like, okay, make that up? Because mm-hmm. what what the hell is on his face? It's like barbed wire. It's like rose thorns. It's like a tribal it's like tattoo. Flames, it's like maybe. filigree. I... It's like that. But it's not any of those things. It's just, and it mm-hmm. it looks like it's kind of I don't know. It, it's yeah. It, uh, that's the but everything else about it. Is, I love his jacket. I love it kind of broadly. His look, his demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, Seems like a pretty good villain. Yeah, he's not a complete bastard. He's just a hard man doing hard things, or at least from what I can tell. Yeah, and and he's got uh, a reason to be as pissed off as he is. I mean, his brother got killed in this scene right. by these people. Although his brother was an asshole. Let's not forget that. Um, his brother but he doesn't view it that way. His brother, his brother was a bit of an asshole. That's true. Uh, so Daryl tries to break into the radio room, but he hears Laurent uh, reading to a walker in a cell. Daryl sees this and decides to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> He's like, nope, nope. I've been through crazy shit. I dealt with the governor. Not this again. Uh, the ghost of Shane possessed him. He goes, what is this? What is this? <laughs> Uh, Isabel explains that Laurent is the new messiah who will lead the revival of humanity and begs Daryl to escort him north to uh, a base they have in Paris. The greatest line is when she tried to show him this drawing that he drew of him three weeks ago. She's like, but look (laughs) at this. He goes, he should stick to math. It was like, just like. (laughs) His his other line, there's so many good lines. I will say the writing on the dialogue for Daryl is amazing. You know, he's roasting this kid. When he sees Parajan, he's like, you got a lot of witchy shit going on around here. Witchy shit. Witch. Oh, God. Yeah, this whole block here. The witchy shit. Uh Uh-huh. The kid is special. Yeah. We we used to kick kids like that asses back in school. And then (laughs) look at this drawing. You should have stuck the math. So, so funny. So funny. He drops the F-bomb in this scene, too, which... Oh, what well, I, did, I didn't even notice it anymore. What? Where did he drop it? I, it's it's mundane. He just says, "You've been fucking with me." 
Oh, right. Because the radio, he finds out she lied about the radio working to kind of keep right, him on the hook. Right. That's what it is. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I guess they get one so, episode, right? What's so funny is he's walking around as she's trying to beg him not to leave. And he's like, you mind if I borrow this? He just picks up a flail and shoves it. He doesn't wait. And then he grabs it like a World War II I trench it. dagger. It's like, I'm going to borrow this too. Just stealing shit from him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, what was funny is like this is whole the whole thing is like you've been lying to me, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And then she goes, I know of a port up north, and he stops and is like, Why would you believe? I know, right? It's like, oh, okay, you're telling me some accurate information now. Um, yeah, I thought that you was funny. just found out about the radio that she lied to you, and right. now you're gonna believe that. You've been fucking with me. Well, I know about the port up north. No cap? Absolutely a hundred percent no cap. <laughs> That's good enough for me. And yeah. Yeah. She's showing him this map uh, that Perjan made who was going to escort the boy up north, but obviously he can't now. I mean, he could try. Boy might be escorting <laughs> yeah. him though. He needs to teach him the Michonne trick. Lop yes, off that there thing's you go. jaw, both arms. The kid, yep. it'll just point him up north. The kid, the kid will be escorted himself. <laughs> and he'll have a walker shield. So mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, they, they have a base up in Paris. He, she's trying to tempt him into doing the job by telling him this rumor about the ships uh, and that they they are kind of close to Paris, but not really. They're still like many, many miles from Paris to get to that port. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to do it, but, you know, we'll find out later. Did you think that the, um, the Padre... I thought the pottery looked like Killian Murphy just going for it in zombie makeup. Oh, that would be cool. It looks a lot like Killian Murphy, and this guy was because like, some, you know, most of the actors, most of the zombie acting is pretty good in this show. But like some people really put their back into it. This guy put his back into it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, really would be believe cool he wanted to eat that kid. He's in my mind anyway, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure this holds up historically. I think Killian Murphy has a big role that he played in the revival of zombies with 20 days later oh you're right that would be super cool to get him in a role here but there's no fucking there's no way fucking they way. could get him he's yeah he's just in one of the biggest movies of the year yeah yeah second only to barbie uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see what uh is it none of the marvel guardians didn't do better than either of those that's why all the superhero movies have been kind of hurting um and nice. like i said barbie made a billion dollars that's when i stopped paying attention god it might did it make more money than avatar at this point like i it might be the most successful oh, movie avatar, of all time right. i don't know could be it's in the billions turns out it turns out if you try catering to the other 50 percent of the planet you can make some money yeah but only if you do it once a Shocker. generation right you that's can true only, yeah you don't yeah. want to spoil you the women saturate that yeah they can have one movie generation as a treat <laughs> right uh, all right, and Maribel shows the men what happened to their dudes. Uh, I'm talking about Mad Max guy. Uh, leader's brother was one of the dudes. He's now a walker. Uh, Mad Max puts his brother down and asks, who did this? Maribel says, uh, an American. And they find a flyer from the Abbey and head there. And they leave Maribel alive, though, at the end. So not yeah. total villains. That's what I'm saying. If like I feel like a Negan would have just killed her, but... Um... I like, like I said, I like this guy. Like his perform. I, I thought his, his this is a performance that was good. It didn't have to be, but it was. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I this guy really loved his shitty brother. 
It's also another thing that like maybe they're drawing a parallel between this guy and Daryl. You know, like oh, Daryl was the mm-hmm. second in command of a powerful person with a vision for the future, uh, with a problematic brother that got him into trouble, but he still loves. And this guy seems like he might be the second banana for a woman with the powerful vision for the future, and he's got a problematic brother. I wonder if they're trying to draw some parallels between this guy and Daryl. Oh, do you think that the boat stuff and this are connected? A hundred percent, because he uh, at the end he says he wants to bring Lawrence as a soldier for I think it's uh, Caden or K- I, I got the name down further in my notes, huh. but uh, then this woman uh, the captain refers to her as that name. Oh. So she is the leader I of missed the, that. the Guerrers, the the soldiers. Um, Guerrers? I'm not sure. Oh, I I couldn't tell you. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's I, I think it's I think it's a hundred percent connected. Wow. So they have operatives all over France, huh? Yeah. Um, I love this guy's retractable bayonet flintlock pistol. I thought that was really cool. Although I did mm-hmm. wonder, like, why is everybody using, like, antique weaponry? Like, e- they make modern muzzle loaders, And I looked at mm-hmm. it because I thought, well, well, maybe in France all they have is archaic. It's like the UK where it's like it's just really hard. But, like, France has fairly liberal gun laws by European standards. Like, you have to have a license and mm-hmm. a legit, like, you know, hunting license. Or you got to be joined to a range club or something like that. Um, and you have well, to, like. Well, the laws pay, are one but, thing. Do, do they have the obsession that we have they don't, here, that's right? the thing they don't like, have the obsession so like yeah. I don't think they're as widespread but like I don't think it'd be mm-hmm. that hard to find them especially if it's a like you know hunting first type of culture so yeah. but I, I, I honest to god think that like the average person I it's probably new information to you did you know that there's muzzle loaders that people are making modern day muzzle loaders I don't know Ex- why you would but sure because Ex- like it, it, oh, I don't know in other countries, but in America, it's because of d- deer season, essentially. Like, you can get a deer with one of every type of deadly weapon, like with a bow and a gun, and then there's muzzle loading season. So, like, if you've got... Oh, le- legally. Okay. I see what yeah, you're yeah, yeah, legally, not, not yeah. Not for... Sp- I thought you meant people were just going around like, I'm going to get a deer with every weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do the hat trick this year. I'm yeah, going to yeah. kill a deer with one of everything. Grenade launcher? Um, yes. I think those are illegal, at least in Indiana and Ohio, to hunt Gotcha. With. But, uh, but yeah, like, France has got, like, they don't have a lot of the weird restrictions we do, like short barrel rifles. You can own those things, uh, no problem. Um, but, yeah, they don't, they don't have... Because they don't have the problem that we have. The People are probably a lot more responsible with them. But on the other hand, if you had the if you had the prop if everyone had to properly license, get trained, and you know have a legitimate reason to own a firearm, just uh, you know that uh, that'd probably change the culture too. Yep. Until you encounter a burner, then what are you gonna do? Melee with a burner? Get that's what I'm here. telling you. That's what I'm telling. That's yeah. You you want to reach out and touch those guys? Nope. So despite Isabel's pleas, Daryl leaves without Laurent. He gets a few yards down the road when he sees Mad Max's caravan pull up to the Abbey. So, of course, he's going to go back to help. Of course. I was just waiting for it. Uh, This Mad- kid mm-hmm. said two sentences in French. I don't think he said this sentence that they actually subtitled the first time. And that second sentence, like I said, he said the first two and a half words and then that was it. Yeah. I so how, it how was wild, wild 
to like there's like 17 words on my screen and he said uh au revoir Daryl Mosahol and that's it that's it that was like two full sentences yeah. it's probably because the the French language is complex and tricky beast how many people will die just because of French language this season the number won't be zero. Oh no definitely not uh nope. there there'll be plenty yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> There'll be a misunderstood direction. There will be a breakdown in communication and civility to something, something. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, Mad Max and his guys are led into the Abbey. They search for the American as the nuns try to keep Laurent hidden. They lock him in Père Jean's office and tell him not to come out as they arm themselves. Of course, Laurent's a dipshit. And he locks the door with the guys right outside. But how, how is the door not locked already? How is the door not locked already? Uh, he gives away his position, but it doesn't matter because Mad Max gets sidetracked uh, with Paris Wait, did Jean's you think that? I thought corpse. she did lock him in that. And the... and he was unlocking it, but then the door is locked when Mad no, Max I don't comes think... up to it. Jiggles so the handle. he actually physically unlocked it they they had an insert shut i don't know how i missed that well they the say jingling keys and he as he approaches the door i don't remember an actual shot of him locking it but then they say jingling keys holy say shit jingling keys in the subtitles yeah that yeah. makes that makes no sense because i didn't think the guy knew there was something back there it's just that he's like oh there's like a like a false wall with a door lock. Well, he and... should fucking know. Like, what's the use of covering your door with a fake stone texture if you're just going to put a <laughs> brass handle on it? Right. And a, and a keyhole. Like, oh, is this a door? Or they just do some weird shit with this one stone. I think it's no, more it's like a fucking the... door. Yeah, but I think it's more like the door in the Oval Office. It's not like supposed to be a secret door. It's, it's just supposed to blend. Yeah, it's an aesthetic choice. Because, yeah, you're right. If I, you can't have a secret <laughs> door if it has a fucking handle on it, right? No, and a big old gl- exit sign. They, yeah. they just show up, but there's a big exit, like glowing green exit sign above it. Mm-hmm. Um, For which is, which that, is dangerous because that's a dead reasons. end room. They're gonna, you're gonna oh, have people yeah. burning alive in this castle. But uh, yeah, I, I thought he just got lucky because of the padre, which I thought that was interesting. That's another thing. Are they trying to hint that this kid is like getting some divine? Like you know, the the padre from behind the grave is saving him. But he doesn't. But, uh, I mean, he not really. Yeah, no, because he he then immediately like. They run over to, they get distracted by Perjan, and then the kid comes out of the secret room and goes over and says, "Don't kill my my daddy," and they kill him anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, he he gave himself up. Yeah, it's not like it'd be any worse if he was discovered. I, I don't know what all the tension here is for because it's not really tension. It just gets bled away immediately at every opportunity. I think it's just a powder keg. It's kind of like um, the tension of the basement scene in, uh, in Glorious Bastards. Now, it's, this that's scene is tension. nowhere near that scene. Yeah. But that's no. what they're, they're trying to do. It's just like there's all these violent men with all these violent nuns, and mm-hmm. there's a piece of information that if it gets made public, it's going to start a big scene. Oh, yeah. They're trying. <laughs> uh, it, So then Daryl shows up. Like, they're... Mad Max has his guy kill uh, Perjean. Laurent comes running out. He decides he's going to take Laurent with him, but Daryl arrives just in time to prevent it, along with an army of nuns, and they all fight. They kill everybody except for Mad Max. He gets away. 
I liked it. I thought it was, you know, um, pretty well done. I don't know what uh, extra they got to be the young guy here, but him getting like caught between the horns of this dilemma from his boss telling him to kill this guy versus this mother coming up and being like, Jean-Pierre, you went to church here. This is your father. He heard your confessions. And I'm like, this kid's like, what, 21 years old? What kind of confessions was he hearing 12 years ago? Or is this kid still still going to confession in the? I mean, it would have still, been still going through the, still going through the convent to confess your sins in the apocalypse. I don't know. That's some dedicated Christianity. I, I feel like if he's that dedicated, he would have told his boss to go fuck himself. But <laughs> I don't know if his sins are relieving the the undead of their souls. That's, that's a pretty big sin. Clearly yeah. had some conflicting uh, feelings about the undead here. Yeah. Hey, don't shamble away. We'll be right back. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeny. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as THE Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why Is Mr. Feeney a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, a very special isn't your speed. We've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why Is Mr. Feeney a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon Season 2, and it's time to prepare for war. Which in our case means, well, watching a lot of Hot D and reading a lot of Fire and Blood. Each week between now and June 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D Season 1. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R.R. R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's right, I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into Season 2. Arm yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then. Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hungry Ones Will Feast. We're back with The Watching Dead. Uh, this guy whips Daryl's ass, Mad Max. He takes him to school. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, it's only by the grace of Isabel with her, her. I don't know what this is. A spear with, you know, a Florida Lee on the front, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like four sizes too big for her. She doesn't know how to use this thing. 
And if, even if she did, it's too heavy. Like, it's kind of silly. They talk about, oh, we pre- we prep with all these weapons. We're amazing. And then these warrior nuns were kind of a letdown. Uh, okay. You, you, you've, 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 uh, I've heard enough nun slander. Let's specific. What what was the problem here? I, I actually I thought she's it was swinging cool. this thing around like it's six hundred pounds. It and is. She can, oh, I know, I know. But she has she's she trained ca- with this thing or not? I think she has. I thought she did a pretty good job with with using an oversized weapon that doesn't fit her very well. You know, this is not why doesn't she use one of the right sized weapons? Pound. She's all the other all the other lesser nun weapons. She's she she cares about people. She's gonna take the she's gonna she's gonna use this giant bloodborne trick weapon just so just trick <laughs> weapon so the other the other ladies she, don't have to. All I'm saying, the fat roll is not a good look in nun garb. No, no, Sister Marie, you you take the nunchucks. I'll I'll take the <laughs> seventeen foot pole axe. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd say take the nunchucks if you're gonna defend daryl do you know another thing i love i love how all the soldiers refer to their boss as chef did you notice that no because chef just means chief it just means chief or leader so they're all running around saying yes chef yes chef Uh, (laughs) right away chef it's just like the i'm watching the bear all over again only with zombies it's great i love it (laughs) amazing uh i love them killing a bunch of nuns that was pretty cool um and the, the tension, the, the, like the ferocity of it, it's it's pretty brutal. It was really like, and because you can you can tell they all know it. Like they're all like they're, they're, the nuns are there, and they got mm-hmm. the bladed weapons, and the guys there, and they got the flintlocks, and they're like, well, we got three shots, and the and nuns there's like them. five nuns, and the nuns did not hesitate. They all came out one, got cut down, but there was still half of them there, and they just butchered these men. I thought that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like I. Setting aside a seventeen foot poleaxe of the situation, I, I I thought, yeah, the the ferocity, and then they also did some budgetary savings where they just show like one good fight, and then you just hear screaming and crashing, and the next time you go to the courtyard is just strewn with bodies, and you just kind of imagine. But I, I dug it; I thought it was cool. What what good is a seventeen foot poleaxe in? Uh, abbey with a bunch of narrow hallways what's in six foot hallways i mean yeah like this lady ch- you chose poorly you chose poorly uh maybe it's <laughs> maybe the mother all gives them the worst weapon because she believes in mercy so much she's trying to keep her nuns from killing people even even yeah. <laughs> accidentally or on purpose and if god wills it he'll see you through exactly exactly if not good luck with the 17 foot <laughs> poleaxe <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, after the battle, the head nun has a deathbed conversion to Darylism. Perhaps he is the one, she says. Sure. Uh, it's a quick scene. He can't understand any of it, which I love. He's just oh, looking I- blankly at them speaking French. How many times did Daryl shoot this guy before we... Because uh, I, I know he shot him once, but did he get him on that second shot? Did he get it? Because like, I thought he shot him once in the... Mm. the the shoulder but then he's limping did that second shot he took connect with his like thigh or his leg maybe things it's tough to aim with those things so yeah maybe yeah shot twice though um and just kind of (laughs) walking it off yep so with the rest of the nuns dead daryl and isabel sit by the fire and talk as laurent and uh the one remaining nameless nun 
I don't know, who was lucky enough to survive serenades. She's a singing nun. Yeah. Uh, Daryl tells Isabel that he wants to get home and agrees to escort her and Laurent where they need to go. And we see (laughs) Mad Max brooding outside the walls. I can only... I I have to dub him Sad Max here because he's so (laughs) sad. The tears welling in his eyes. Yeah. I want to lobby to call him the chef if we don't come up with anything better. All right. (laughs) Chef Boyardee. Uh-huh. Um, he's some kind of wounded because he looks pretty banged up. Um, but I can they dig graves for the entire convent in a single evening because they're like, yep, our nuns are dead and buried. How many of them were I there and how did could. they dig so many graves? I think if you dig the shallow graves, you could probably get it done if you had three, four people working. Well, you're just I mean, they nuns, have a grand total of four the... people, one of them's a child. Uh, granted, one of them is Daryl fucking di- Dixon, but yeah, true. Daryl Digson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, this, again, Laurent was designed to be hateable. Do you know how I know? Hmm. He's around a campfire for three seconds, and he whips out a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. He's ready what? for college. Send him off. What? He's, he's ready. What? Come on. <laughs> it could have been worse. They could have been bongos. <laughs> yeah, that would, a drum circle would have been the only thing, uh-huh. only thing worse. Uh, Daryl's talking about some stuff here about, uh, I met some bad people and they put me on a boat. It didn't go well. Random we'll find... bad people put me on a boat. <laughs> if I could just do that in a whisper. Yeah. Was the shore ran it to a nun. He's got like some kind of like, like almost ice tea diction. Going. All right. Yeah. You can see it. Uh, and then, yeah, we're. Kind of at the end here, we get that brooding shot. We go over to the port of Le Havre in northern France, where some prisoners have escaped, and a mean lady blames the captain of the ship that they escaped from. The captain says, Daryl was one of those prisoners. He went overboard. He probably died. And the lady, eh, he might be right, but she's going to make sure. So she sends her guys to find Dixon. It's Janae, I think is her name. Yeah, it's Gannet. Yeah, that's it's Regina because I it's I put it's G E N E T. But yeah, Janae, mm. uh, that's that's the leader of the uh, chef. I think she's the <laughs> chef chef de cuisine or whatever the <laughs> the head chef. Sure. I don't know what you call it. She's the kitchen. Uh, she's the chef of the. She's the cook of the kitchen. The chef of the kitchen. Um, this is the, the lead into the backstory here, and we'll see how much of this we get. Yeah, Jim, I, I, this is going to be my thing. Anytime someone hits me with a saying or a bit of wisdom, I'm just going to reverse it on them. You know, the early bird catches the worm. Sometimes my grandfather used to say the early worm would catch the bird. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, you son of a bitch? Like, what does <laughs> the captain's only good as good as her crew? Well, I've heard a crew is only as good as the captain. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> about got, the late worm invades me. the bird huh do you ever think about that just sleep in worms jesus it's true why are you up so why are you up wriggling on the ground so early stay yeah. in the ground you know that's Good. where the birds are yeah you're just hurting yourself the ambitious birds too you want you want to encounter the lazy birds now if am i right 
because I remember seeing a scene, I think it was set in France, because that was something we talked about, like, uh, way back in the beginning of The Walking Dead, back in season one. Can you remember that far? When we were young men? Barely. Uh... The, 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 who was the doctor the, in, in the CDC? Jenner? Uh, Dr. Jenner. He talked about like how they had the France uh, Center of Disease Control, whatever, and they, that was the last post that went dark from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And I thought that we saw a scene to kind of introduce these new zombies where they were talking about like there's a new type, there, and there's some researcher, like a Dr. Jenner counterpart, and it was set in France. Um, I wonder if this is connected. Like, they're talking about this research project. Are the French people creating all these crazy zombies, or are they just the first to notice and study them? Let's blame them. They're, because they're they, definitely creating them. I love how they have, like, if, if uh, they're in the writer's room, they're like, okay, we need a scientist to come out and say his research is ruined. How are we going to have him do that? Oh, he needs to come out holding a burnt microscope. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He's like, our research is ruined. Look at uh-huh. this microscope. It's so scorched. It's like, yeah, that's, I just thought that was really funny that he's got a science guy come out with a burnt science thing to say that the research has been yeah, ruined. That was super silly. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe this is all connected from the beginning there. Um, I definitely remember some discussion about research outposts, but. Did you think that the they specifics. were gearing that this captain was the gearing up the this this uh, the head chef was was gearing up to kill the captain? Yes. Yeah, for sure. In fact, I don't even know why she didn't. Like it's one of those things where like it's at the end of it, 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 sometimes it makes sense. Like, you know, Darth Vader kills everybody, but then the Empire strikes back, he's so preoccupied with the thought of meeting his son that he for, you know, just forgets, I guess, to kill uh Ca- Captain Piet. Uh Admiral Piet. I don't understand because she's like the whole time she's like saying that it's like this is your fault you have you have fucked up and fucked up big this is your fault and then at the end right as I'm like well this guy's going to get his throat slit by somebody beside him she just walks away what was that all about yeah I'm trying to calibrate on her like is she somebody who she doesn't seem like somebody who makes mistakes the show is telling us she's very serious she's very attentive she's um, kind of knows the score. I wonder if she can't afford to lose him for some reason. Like a subpar captain is better than no captain at all. Yeah, how many how many freighter captains do you have that like are familiar with the waters? Yeah. How to you know cross an ocean? This is only strike two. <laughs> the second mutiny, he's barely right. put down <laughs> another one, and he's on thin uh-huh. ice, but he's not he's not strike three. Also, yet. um. You know, I I I know she doesn't know this, but maybe greater the curve when the one American is Daryl fucking Dixon. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of mayhem in one scrawny backwoods body. Okay, right. The man killed a tank <laughs> with his bare fucking hands in season three. Right, like this is a man to be reckoned three or four, with. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, maybe she knows that. Maybe she's heard his reputation precedes him all the way over in France. Uh, if anything, so if anyone's would, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be Daryl. But this research they're doing, I think is interesting. Um, you know, I, I think this whole section of the show is going to be cheesy as hell, yeah. but I, yeah. I am curious about the research stuff. I don't know how far they're going with this. The, the nun Isabel tells Daryl that like, yeah, burners are just one type. There are a bunch of them. How silly is that going to get? It's already pretty damn silly. Are we going to have like walkers to fly and like, 
yeah. stupid shit like that. The thing is, you say that, but it's I don't think that's inherently more ridiculous than acid zombies. I agree. Or electric zombies. Like, again, I think you could have, like, zombies that would grow, like, weird growths. Like, you uh-huh. know, chitinous is a kitten. Chitin or chitin? Chitin? Uh, whatever. Uh, some kind of bony growth or, mm-hmm. you know, stabbing implements. I can certainly like they're think extra that- hard to kill because of their bony skulls, right? Yeah, they're having some kind of like thickened skin or they're evolving like they, they evolved to retain more of their human knowledge so they can like work doors and simple weaponry and, and they're a little bit like you can they head you off at the pass. But like, yeah, these are video game zombies and I, I don't know. I mean, it might be super fucking cool if you turn your brain off, but we yeah. are we are far, far away from the world Frank Darabont envisioned for us. We are Absolutely. off of that map. We have left that world. We are now in the world of the Walking Dead. Yep. They kind of put their stamp on it. Uh, Remember when it. you had that Bible, that zombie Bible we were so excited about, the laid out meticulously oh, yeah. all the rules that govern zombie content. And like, that was some good times. Just gathering good dust times. under Scott Gimple's desk. I think I think Scott Gimple used that to wipe his ass with during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, and that's why we have, that's why we have acid zombies now. He didn't. He uh, didn't stock up on the, those first few days, man. If he had to go, he had to go. There's no charming to squeeze. It's true. it's true. That and a little bit of hand sanitizer goes a long way. True. True. All right, man. Uh, that's it for the first episode. We'll see if it can be just as ridiculous the next time around. Uh, if you would like to send us feedback, uh, we will. Uh, yeah, do it. It's just I dare you. Uh, TWD at baldmove.com uh, to, to talk all things The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, and all things The Walking Dead fit the cover. If you would like to keep up with the rest of the things we're doing, because we've got, uh, we're in the hip deep in Ahsoka, uh, we're wrapping up Foundation, we're about to start Loki, uh, True Detective, and Fargo seasons four and five, respectively, are just around the corner. Social media is a great place to do that. Pick your best social media at Bald Move, follow it, unless it's TikTok, search for Baldest Move there. Finally, if you'd like to support us, if you like the ad-free feeds, extra bonus audio and video content, and keep us podcasting, keep us busting the Walking Dead chops, uh, we could use your support. Support.baldmove.com. Super easy. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Uh, again, TWD at baldmove.com. If you'd like to send in feedback, we'll consider that next week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.